Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are advised that this episode of The J-Files may contain names and voices of people who have died. The J-Files on Double J. In 1990, three songwriters from Victoria joined forces to tell powerful stories with spine-tingling harmonies. Lou Bennett, Sally Dasty and Amy Saunders were titters, which is one of many words in Aboriginal language meaning sisters. Tittis' decade-long career contributed some of the most heartfelt and stirring songs in Australian music. While the trio were often described as activists and feminists, at their core, they were just three friends who loved singing together. And they sang together a lot, performing hundreds of shows a year during the group's early days. One gig they'll never forget was their first big day out, and that's because they didn't turn up. I'm Kaz Tran, this is The J-Files. With my sister beside me I am strong, I am free She believes in me They say united we stand Together we stand Divided we fall They don't understand what we are fighting for at all We have the strength to overcome Whatever We're comes our way Stand up now, be counted Say what you have to say For Australian bands, the big day out was the dream gig. It was the chance to play in front of thousands of fans and tour the country with some of the biggest names in music. But when Lou Bennett thinks about her first big day out in 1993, she cringes. We were supposedly booked for a big day out. Um, one-off show and that was um, quite early in our career and we'd forgotten to turn up and um, we were in Sydney and I remember getting this call through um, from the organisers saying where are you? you 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 need to be here you're you're supposed to be on stage and we were like what where who where <laughs> It was one of the first times I remember thinking, I never, ever want to do that again. And that was Miss a Gig because it was, it was so vital, you know, as, as a, especially as an independent artist. You miss a gig, you miss your pay, you miss your exposure, you, you miss playing. And, and I do remember this and, and the three of us just feeling so embarrassed that we'd missed such a big, you know, such a big gig, uh, the big day at. Sing about life. Sing about possibilities. In their defence, it was a busy time for Titus. Titus started in 1990 and it was a whirlwind the first two to three years. It was just show after show after show. And, you know, we were, we were covering anything between 200 to 400 shows a year. We were working doubly, you know, we were, we were doubling down on, on shows. Maybe time will tell for you and I So let's wait and see So we try to do it right 
I remember one day, just in one day in one of our first NAIDOC weeks as, as titters, we performed six shows and we were driving around in a little two-stroke Toyota of, of uh, Sally's and, you know, just that intensity of going, oh, my God, we're doing six shows in one day. This is crazy. There was so much attention on us and we were working quite hard and uh, the first invitation slipped through our fingers. But thankfully, they gave us another shot and um, we... We, uh, of course, came on board and, and toured nationally with, um, with, a f- with a few years. So a couple of years, of th- I'm pretty sure it was three we did. Yes, after that initial false start, the trio were given another chance to play Big Day Out in 1994. It was like a fairy tale. I remember first going there and, and, and it freaked me out too because we're an acoustic act and here we are driving in, in these, you know, in these buses with, you know, rockers like the Ramones and, and like I said, you know, Cruel Sea and thinking, oh, my God, where is our place? We, we, you know, there's just no way. People aren't going to hear us. And, of course, then we, you know, we, we understood that, you know, the the environment that was created for us or the, the, the venues that were, you know, suitable for titters were the venues that where people needed to come and have some rest from the wall of sound that was out in the, you know, in sort of in that main arena where the big stages were. So, yeah, it was. It was quite a, 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 like, a, like a dream sequence. And I think also the... That rock and roll lifestyle, um, you know, there was at that time too. There was a lot of alcohol and there was a lot of drugs and there's a lot of naughty behaviour going on and and these things that sort of are swelling around you. You're going, oh my god, this is real. This is how rock and roll stars live and this is how they carry on. You know, we had there was one point where we had there was a pool out the back. You know, a backstage to keep their artists cool, and um, we had you know a snake wrangler over at one side, and um, you know the organisers they definitely made sure that there was entertainment for the entertainers, and that for me I remember really vividly. I think that was the first time I ever touched a, a python, a snake, out the back of um, <laughs> Melbourne Big Day Out. It's a little felt like a little country kid going, oh my God, look at this culture, look at this environment that I'm in. This is the, this is the big time. And you know, um, it was, and it still is. It was, it was a huge account and it was a huge experience. One of the biggest festivals that I've ever had the honour to, you know, to contribute to and to be a part of. And and like I said, you know, we're, we're there backstage with people like the Ramones, um, Bjork, you know, these are, these are big names and big artists and mixing us all together backstage for me, you know, sitting alongside or, or, or going to the buffet and, and saying, oh, sorry, you know, um, sorry, Bjork, you, you go first, you go, you get the salad first <laughs> and her replying, thank you, you know, <laughs> um, those little moments for me were the big moments, you know. Oh my God, I run back to the table and say, Bjork just said, take you to me. (laughs) 
as well as mingling with rock stars backstage, Titus also witnessed some world-class acts. I remember the first time seeing the Ramones and I went and stood at the front of the stage and we were waiting for them to come on and... um, We are the Ramones! And as soon as the front man yelled... And this one's called the Blitzkrieg Bump! One, two, three, four... I, I literally felt the bass and the speakers hit my chest <laughs> that way that it rattled my whole body. It was that loud, but it was that intoxicating. To be right there, front of stage, watching an iconic band like the Ramones and the energy and the, the showmanship that went into their shows took a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, a lot of oomph to do, a lot of, um, (laughs) a lot of guts, a lot of courage. And it wasn't just the big international bands who left an impression on Titus. Both times the trio played the festival, they shared the bill with Brisbane band Powderfinger. Before the big day out, before Powderfinger became Powderfinger, we knew them as these, you know, a couple of shy, shy boys or shy young men, um, and that was Bernard and Darren. And and I remember going and seeing them at a, you know, at a little um, gig at a pub in Sydney, and you know they were very shy and they were very lovely. And and he and then and then you know from that point, then to see the development of their professionalism and their team and their infrastructure and what they had around them. You know, the guitars are lined up, the crew have got everything. You know, they've got the the guitar techie there. They've got the fallback guy. They've got, you know, they've got everything just so and to support them in creating a good show. I think for me was like, oh, the light bulb went off. We need to have that structure around us so that when we walk out on stage as musicians, all we're thinking about is entertaining the audience, not, oh, I'm going to break a string or is my guitar in tune or has, has my foldback been sorted? Have I got enough water on stage? All of those little things um, amount to for me, amount to a a really strong performance. And when it came to delivering strong performances, Titus was up there with the best of them. The song Anthem, and, and I remember singing this song, and I'm getting goosebumps just sitting here thinking about it, uh, the the reaction from the audience, knowing what we were singing about, and that we were singing predominantly to a non-Aboriginal audience, and singing about, don't sing me your anthem, because your anthem's absurd. Words are hard to remember when they mean nothing at all to the hordes who are still waiting for their voice to be heard. So don't sing me your anthem when your anthem's absurd. And look, it could have it could have fallen either way. We could have been booed off stage or we could have been celebrated. And thankfully, 
thank goodness we were celebrated and there were young people in the audience who were ready to take on that message and to take on that sort of historical narrative to say, yeah, we're, we're done with this old school of thinking. We're done with the Advance Australia fair, and, and I mean fair skin, fair instead of fair go. And it was a great talking point for us to, to bring that song to the big day out, be, you know, because it gave people the opportunity to go, yeah, well, you know, unfortunately Australia isn't fair and it's been founded on, you know, on a lot of heartache and a lot of violence and we need to acknowledge that so, you know, the next generation understand where we're coming from and how we go about healing. And I think that for me is something that really stays, is that particular performance of that song and knocking people on their on their bums and or making them rise to cheer. I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening to The J-Files. The J-Files.